0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Princess Yachts, the UK's leading luxury yacht manufacturer. Pride sponsors of Motorsports Formula One coverage.
2: So without further ado, please welcome onto the stage... Damon Hill, patron of Halo, and Karun Chandok, a patron of VDCT. Hey. Hey. Right, I, I probably undersold you a bit there, didn't I? I didn't mention that you were world champion. <laughs> oh. All,
3: All that work.
2: <laughs> or, 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 or indeed, was it 1983 when the Champion of Brands on a Yamaha TZ something? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah I think uh, it was 83. Champion yeah. on two wheels and four, John Surtees, basically.
3: Um, well, it was only the Champion of Brands. It wasn't the World Championship or the Isle of Man TT yeah. or whatever else yeah. that John yeah, won. Because he did have, um, just when well, he was, he was the top of the, top of the field, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. In, both, in both categories.
2: And I also yeah. failed to mention that Karun, who um, had a fleeting Grand Prix career with a couple of rubbish teams, um, they were. Uh, they were. Well, it's, it's not unfair, is it? Um, hmm. You became a father relatively recently, and the first thing you did after that was to go off and race a McLaren M1 at Goodwood.
4: Well, yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, but you did win. I did. But yeah. it's... Uh, it's, uh, it's just still first, it's sparkling. Just, uh, spa- still, please. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> you got, you got, Thanks, Dad. You got sparkling. <laughs> well, well, no, that's fine. That's also, fine. there's lipstick
3: on that one. Okay, that's mine. It's that's mine. mine. That's yours, is it? Yeah. Let's right, well, so we'll we'll start again.
4: Still, I'll start again. Um, still yeah, no, it. it's, his, it's his first birthday tomorrow, so that's gone pretty quickly. Um, yeah, but racing
2: with McLaren are good. But that's pretty special, isn't it?
4: It was, yeah. It got a little bit awkward when one of the marshals came to my wife, and she was, I think she was five or six months pregnant at the time, and he, uh, this was the year before, and um, the marshal came to my wife and said, do you know this car's called the Widowmaker? Oh, God. And then... <laughs> I <laughs> Proceed, proceeded to tell her the story of the Bruce, of obviously, Bruce McLaren's accident at, at Goodwood in a Can-Am McLaren as I was getting in the car, which, which was not the best idea, but um silly.
2: Right. We're here to talk about the 2019 Formula 1 season. Let's move on to that. Um, the format, basically, we'll chat, talk nonsense for 45 minutes or so, and then there'll be an opportunity for you guys to ask sensible questions um, for 15 or 20 minutes after that. Um, did we see peak Lewis Hamilton this year?
3: Can I just ask one question before you get on to that? Did we make a prediction in March as to what would happen?
2: And do you
3: remember what it was?
2: I meant to watch it online OK, and we'll forgot. get to that in a minute. Uh, no, but, okay. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure you, you all said that Lewis was going to be world champion. No,
3: no prize there, eh? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and so,
2: you also predicted that Red Bull and Honda would win races. Oh, yeah, that's good. And, and you said very correctly that Pierre Gasly would be crap against Max Verstappen.
4: We God, look. we're good. We <laughs> should yeah, be on that's... TV doing this stuff. <laughs> it's a little bit we harsh.
2: Be, yeah. <laughs> it's, <crack.
4: laughs> it's a bit harsh, isn't
3: it?
2: I mean, he was, he, he was I good. didn't say it
4: was going to be crap. And he finished yeah. brilliantly. And he was brilliant was at the Toro Rosso.
2: I was paraphrasing. Well, yeah, but that's weird, yeah. isn't it? He, he's supposed to go fast in the fast car, but he goes fast in the slow car. We'll get on to that. Right, OK, um, go on. <laughs> are
4: we hijacking your, yeah, that, your, your yeah, you're, plan here? Yeah. Only slightly, only
2: slightly. Oh, that's right, go on. a good
4: observation, though.
2: It's true. Yeah, Lewis, I mean, when he first came into Formula One, I mean, when you came into Formula One, you were already turned 30, you'd had... All right. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't my fault. I was trying... There's <laughs> it was, it was, it was, it was an observation, not an insult. The, but the, um, you know, you'd been through an awful lot of hard knocks and real-life experience. I mean, you lost your dad as a teenager, your teammate was killed out of your first F3 season. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you'd, yeah. you'd had a lot of you know, pretty difficult real-life experiences. You were... A pretty full i know you're older than i don't
3: I, my career does not compare no, in no, any no, way no, to, no, to lewis no. hamilton's but, i understand. But when he came yeah. in yeah
2: i mean he'd i know he would had a tough upbringing initially suffered bullying racism yeah, yeah. Uh, his dad had to put up a state boards for 10 quid a time whatever to mo- raise money for karting initially yeah but then once he'd been adopted by zip and then ron yeah. dennis he was kind of kept in a little cotton wool box which gave him relatively little life experience
3: yeah
2: um that's so possibly.
3: It, yeah, we don't know. I mean, the truth is, we we how much, how much but life experiences, it, but, but, but we don't know what But yeah.
2: the emotional maturity that yeah. somebody like you had coming in at an older age, yeah. he didn't seem to have when he was 22, 23, whereas now, at yeah. the age you were when yeah. you came in sort of thing, more or less, uh, uh, um, yeah. he, he seems just a complete, a much more complete, I mean, you get the odd hissy fit on the radio, but yeah. they all do that. But no, I think, speaking...
3: I think you're, uh, you, you, you start off by saying, have we seen peak Lewis? I think Lewis almost made it look easy this year didn't he i mean even though he he, he
2: was not ha- the
3: best car uh, sometimes it wasn't the best car sometimes it, it was out of, out of sorts uh, maybe sometimes he dipped but not not that often um i have to say Valtteri was has not been the challenger that nico was nico uh, by his own admission became mr nasty um, you know to try and get the upper hand on on Lewis and put a lot more pressure and Lewis looked a little bit out of sorts at times in in competition against Nika I think he was he found his found his match a little bit occasionally a tap, you know within the politics of the team, but maybe um, But this year he's you know, he's very much together I think he's all a lot of the parts have come together to the point where He's able to do it at a, at a stroll. He's organized his life. He's matured He's got very creative in other aspects of his life and, and he manages to balance everything else he does with being uh, the leading contender in Formula One. So it's... it's but he's, as you, as you said earlier, he's been doing this a long time. So he's had a long time to sort it all out. But he's still only 34.
4: But I think also the, the whole season is... It, the the picture is completely skewed, if you, if you ask me. Because if you... If you add up all of the mistakes, and, and there were so many from Ferrari yeah. and Leclerc and Vettel across the year, you know, they should have come to Abu Dhabi with Charles only nine points behind Lewis. Um, admittedly, Mercedes had the better car at 75% of the races. Low drag circuits, Spa, Monza. Um, Singapore was an anomaly. I think Mercedes is it's a bit of an Achilles heel, Singapore, in many ways. But there were probably six races in the year where the Ferrari was unquestionably the better car. Uh, Red Bull started off on the back foot You know, the front wing change hurt them Much more than everybody else It took till Austria when they brought an update Where they really joined the party And and Max duly won But by then, Mercedes had won the first You know, seven races or whatever So, I I think the whole It's a bit of a shame Because the the championship battle Could have have and should have been So much tighter and better But, uh, you know, once again Ferrari, you know, the Perennial underachievers in many ways, really. Um, just well, didn't, maybe they, didn't maybe do
3: it. overachieved, if you know what I mean.
4: Well, in the Michael years. Well, I think. Oh, my, you mean this year? I
3: think this year. They kind yeah. of maybe, the, the, the question you have to ask now about Ferrari is like how much their performance was achieved during the year um, through using way, uh, means that were um, later banned, if you Do <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I'll let
4: you ask that question. <laughs> but, but at yeah. the end of the day, they this, wanted...
2: is, this is being recorded, by the way. Do yeah, you, I understand that.
4: So
3: we, we are conscious, you know, we, we don't want to get a, a lawsuit from, from, from them. But they, I know, know who will be talking yeah. to
4: Binotto when we get to Melbourne. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Do you think Binotto will still yeah. be in charge when he gets to Melbourne?
4: Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, he's... If he was
2: in charge of a Premier League club, it'd have been gone by now, surely. No, sure.
4: no he'd, get an, he'd get another year, wouldn't he? You know, they, they seem to get a couple of years at least hmm. before they get booted out. Yeah, um, it's,
3: it's a tough environment, Ferrari. Who'd yeah, want that job? I mean, so, so,
4: so. Well, it's it's, it's got to be challenge. the most high-pressure job in the sport, isn't it? Yeah. The boss of Ferrari.
2: Worse than being on the Skypad.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you can re-record that bit. <laughs> <laughs> and it's only television.
2: Just going back briefly to, to Mercedes, um, well, oh, I mean, at the beginning of the year, Bottas disappeared over the horizon in Australia. We've got a new, improved Valtteri Bottas. Yes.
4: Yeah. And
2: then, I mean, that only he only appeared a couple of times thereafter.
4: Yeah. I'm it's not hard sure though, good. isn't it? I mean, he's up against the best driver in his generation. I know, you know, I get Nico Nico did it and managed to, to sneak ahead of him one year. But in reality, he only won that because Lewis's engine blew in Malaysia. Yeah. You know, he lost 20... 25 plus the 7 that Nico gained or whatever or 3 that Nico gained that way so it's not I think Valtteri Valtteri had 4 or 5 strong weekends where he he, you know was able to take Lewis on it's not enough to win a world championship against Lewis but you know it must be so difficult You, you know you speak to Johnny about being teammates with Michael and okay there were other circumstances there people like Rubens or Massa you know when you're up against the best driver in your generation, against in the same team, it's bloody hard, isn't it? And I think Valtteri is an is an excellent racing driver, but he's not Lewis. And I think that's, that's and he's also the probably point. exactly
2: what Mercedes needs because he he'll plot home second or third all the time. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, which is no, a little harsh. Well, it is a
3: little no. harsh. It's, it's, it's
2: a little yeah. bit harsh. No, yeah. I can see, it. but it's. Um, <laughs> he, he, will, he, will, he will get the thing to the checkered flag yeah. 99 times out of 100. That's what you and want. There's, and, there, and there's no friction between teammates. Yeah, so, but you
3: know, you know actually, yeah, Ferrari. If, if I were putting, putting on my Toto Wolf cap, okay, there would have been races where I would have looked at um, Nico's performance and I would look at where Lewis was, was and I would think, blimey, if we didn't have Lewis, we'd be fifth or fourth. Mm. And that's a problem, isn't it, for them? They know that that is the measure of how much more value you get from from someone like Lewis and it's worth every quid he gets i think for them you know because that that would cost as much of that and not double if they were to find that performance in in the, in, in, in development exactly i, like to, I mean the, the great
4: drivers yeah. win the races that they shouldn't normally do you know lewis sochi this year mm. he pressurized ferrari into all of those mistakes and the team orders mess and all the rest of it mercedes won the fastest car that weekend, and yet he put enough pressure on them that he won it and Valtteri was 15 seconds behind and and that's that's the difference, but um, Yeah, I mean he's he, He's got another chance next year hasn't he because Ocon's yeah. gone off to Renault, so they've, they've given him Valtteri a, a, another another opportunity um, He's got to try and dig deep over the winter and see if he can come back
3: uh, I think each, each year Lewis goes away He gets away from it all and I think I get the feeling that when he comes back to a start a new season it's almost like he's kind of half still on holiday. You know, I have seen a lot of the starts of the year. In fact, um, Michael was very similar. He quite often got beaten by his teammate on the first first um, race. And um, I'm thinking now, actually, I got beaten by Jack Vilner yeah. as well. So <laughs> maybe we got something in common. Um, but you know, really Jack villeneuve Yeah, exactly. So um, I and I remember going to one of the first race for Sky. I think it was Jensen beat uh, beat Lewis at um, in, in Melbourne in the first race so um, you know it, it takes a while. once Lewis finds his feet you know there's this point where he kind of dabbles a bit at it in the early part of the season and then suddenly he just puts his foot down and he's off he's gone and there's no one can stop him and this year he finished on a high didn't he I mean, you know, yeah. he was competitive right the way through he didn't just take a holiday he thought I can't and maybe the message got through I can't afford to let Valtteri get some ahead of steam or confidence and uh, he just Basically, it's basically, we'll see how he comes out. The blocks next year.
2: I mean, he might as well have been on holiday in Abu Dhabi. So that particular race was so easy for the Mercs.
3: That, amazing, yeah. Just really got it.
2: So, m- moving on from uh, a team that's got a, a balanced lineup, Ferrari. <laughs> um,
4: but they have the most, arguably, the most balanced but, lineup. But, yeah, actually, but,
2: but it's it's too balanced, isn't it? In some ways, because they're trying to keep them apart. I mean, do you, I mean, were you? I mean, everyone expected Leclerc to be yep. good in a Ferrari because he was brilliant in a Sauber. Previously, or Alpha, um, did he exceed your expectations?
4: Not mine, no. Mm. Um, I, you know, I, I'd watched him in Formula Three. I remember standing, standing, watching him um, when in Portimao when he was doing the Formula Three race, and then I watched him in Macau and a Po, uh, you know, circus like that, which which you separates the super talents mm-hmm. from the less so. Um, you know, he finished on the podium in Macau as a rookie. He was brilliant at Poe through the forced chicane. I remember yeah. watching on telly thinking, he's a bit, he is quite special. And watch Max the previous year do this thinking similar thing, 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 thinking yeah. this yeah. is something special there. So, um, no, he, he didn't exceed my, my expectations in that respect. What, what surprised me is actually, I think, I think Seb underdelivered, if anything. I think, I think Charles delivered what I expected him to in you know, challenged Lewis and Mercedes at, at a handful of races across the year, managed to get a couple of wins and, and the rest of it. What perhaps surprised me was the fact that he outperformed Sebastian because you, you would expect Sebastian as a four-time world champion, as the number one, to be the guy there all season. And till Singapore... When they brought the update to the car in Singapore, they, they brought quite a big update, you know, floor, wing, barge it was quite a big update. Um, Seb was never comfortable in it, and since, from Singapore onwards, he was much more evenly matched to, to Leclerc. You know, he got in Japan, and obviously one in Singapore and you know, all the rest of it, but... Um, till Singapore, you know, Sebastian has a very particular driving style, and, and he needs a car with a very stable rear end on on corner entry under braking, medium, slow speed. Wants to turn the car and have the rear end with him. And he couldn't do that. He couldn't drive the car the way he liked. And that, it was too tense a lap. I'm I'm not making excuses for him, but that's just the way he is. And it was only when they got the updates in Singapore that we started to see the Sebastian of old um, really come into play. But yeah, unfortunately um, for him, as I said, I I think on the whole, he looked back at the season and think, "Mm." Really deliver what I should have done.
2: You know what it's like to win world titles. I mean, if you were in that well, kind of.
4: A title, yeah. singular.
2: <laughs> singular. Yeah. Plus, uh, Plus brands. Yeah, I'm the, yeah, I'm the champion of the. I've
3: known what it's like to try to win titles, <laughs> but yeah.
2: Uh, um, I mean, if you were in that kind of position now and you. Do you think you'd have. In that position. I know you can't put yourself in that position, but would you be tempted? Do you think you'd go, go and get your carpet slippers and go and sit down in Switzerland and have a nice quiet life? Seb? Yeah. Enough to get through well, years. he made.
3: I mean, yeah. If you're looking at body language and and, uh, and so forth, he he did sound very d- kind of down in the dumps, didn't he? Um, and but um, he's quite young. I mean, uh, Nico retired when he was very young, but he went out on that high, didn't he? He hmm. got his championship and off he went. Um, so um, I think I think Sebastian is. He wants a, he wants a certain condition in the team. It seems to me, and if he and if he hasn't got that relationship with the team. He was quite comfortable with um, with um, uh, Kimi there, you know, it seemed like a good relationship. But this guy's come in and he's put him under pressure and he's not going to he's not going to back off. And uh, I think that said, you know, you know how much you have to dig down to, to be at the sharp end of Formula One. And it's very hard if you've got a very, very competitive teammate. You have to dig very deep. And it's the it's, question is whether or not you can do it year in, year out at that level. You know, when you think about the intensity of the rivalry between Senna and Prost, you know, these guys were the very best at in the, in, uh, their job in the same team. That's why they fought, it's because it was so difficult to put one over on the other. And that environment is not somewhere that I think Ferrari are particularly well placed to deal with. Um, I, I'm trying to think of a situation of a team, I mean, they had Prost and, and Mansa, which was. Which was bad enough, I think. I'm trying to think of a good relationship they had with, with teammates. It always seems to me very difficult for Ferrari to manage this. They they prefer the. Earlier Schumacher the,
2: worked okay because then he was happy just to take the check. Well, that's my
3: point. Yeah, is that yeah, actually yeah. Michael still had the upper? Oh, absolutely. He, you yeah, know, yeah. he had the conditions he wanted, and, and I was listening to a, a podcast with Rubens, and you know, it was very much Michael's team from the from the sounds of it. You know, he, he um, you know, working in that environment, you, you and I think Ferrari like seemed to like. They understand that relationship. They don't know seem, seem to know what to do when you've got two guys um, fighting for the number one slot. You can't have number one slot in the team. It, you can't share it. It's you know, one guy's up, one guy's down, and then they start their heads start spinning. So if you've got a setup that, that Seb needs, what do we do? Do we get that setup? How which direction do we go in? Do we get that one or the, or the one that um, Charles Leclerc wants? Which direction are we gonna go in? And you know, Seb. Seb's fought back. He he has fought back, but he's dro- he, you know, he drops the ball. And the thing he did in Brazil, just I just thought was totally ridiculous. You know, he, he just didn't need to do that. Um, the mature thing to have done would have been, you know, to finish slotting behind behind Charles and just let the inevitable happen because the guy was on fresh tyres. Yeah. You know, he wasn't he weren't going to keep him behind, and and instead he's gone into the winter with um, you know with that over his over his head a little bit.
2: I mean, the team as a whole did seem to make some pretty fundamental mistakes. I'm thinking of Austria, when they were focused on the the speeds that uh, Bottas was turning in, and seemed not to notice this very fast blue thing coming up. um, You know, after that bit, they they just seemed to miss that completely.
4: Uh, Yeah, I mean, that that was just just being asleep, really. Um, You know, Sochi. The whole team orders thing was just a joke, you know. On lap three, you're trying to impose team orders. And actually, it needed Seb in the cockpit to say, what are you talking about? Let us go in the first stint and break away from Mercedes because you want to break the threat from Mercedes. sort it out." It's a one-stop race. sort sorted out after the pit stops. And Seb was absolutely right. But then, when he had the engine issue, and they, they, it was in the middle of them sorting out, you know, the, they'd done this pit stop and they just swapped over and they're trying to work it all out. And instead of thinking the engine's blown. Let's think about this. The engine's gone. Make him stop somewhere that's not going to induce a safety car. They make him stop at a part of the track where there's literally no yeah, gate yeah, and you yeah. have to get a safety car and it him the win. It's just, you know, some of it's basic. Monaco, they didn't send Leclerc for a second run. I mean, it doesn't matter how many tyres you don't have in Q2. In a Ferrari, you're going to get to Q3 anyway. What are you talking about? You know, if you're out in Q1 in Monaco, you're finished. And... It's just some fundamental things that you just looked at it and went, what are you doing?
2: It's been on to a team that does operate like a racing team. Turns in 1.8, 1.9 second tyre stop somehow. Mm. Red Bull. I mean, obviously, Max is volatile. Very, very fast. Mm. Um, do you see that that's Red Bull, Honda? I mean, obviously, Red Bull and Honda just had a very open and complementary relationship last year and made pretty solid progress i mean honda didn't exactly look like winning a race with mclaren um but you know that in the first season with the proper uh, you know another top team uh shows what they could do um do you see them being the main threat to mercedes next season
3: me. Uh, Either of you. I do. Yeah. I, I, I think they're going to be a threat. I think they're going to be. A, I think they very. <coughs> you both
2: have a glass of red wine. You're both full of stuff. I think it's.
3: Um, I um, it take more than more, yeah, more yeah, a half, half a glass of or whatever. Anyway. <laughs> um, but um, no, I think I think I genuinely think they are going to be uh, much much closer to, to Mercedes as a challenge because I think what we we've, we've got is the red. I know that they're big teams and they can work, They can probably work on two fronts. But even so, it's going to detract. At some point in the season, there's going to be a, a, a tailing off of investment in these current cars, the 2020 cars, for the 2021 cars. So again, there's going to be a development drop off somewhere during the season. It's, and I think that the, the trend with Red Bull is, is, is up. They've been getting better. The car looks better. It's been closer in more races than it's not. And Honda want to keep pushing. They've, they've, they've signed up. They know they're carrying on. So there's no reason for them to back off on that front. Um, and I think that Mercedes are on the engine front and the power unit front I think Mercedes are starting to to level out. They're reaching a ceiling somewhere and They don't seem to be able to break through um, So that gap could close and I do think to, that they could be they could be um, Maybe not certainly taking wins off of off of Mercedes. I think or being in there in the mix more
4: Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure what when you said your comment on max I think we saw different this year, to be honest, um, you know, we saw a mistake in Mexico where he didn't back off and Portas us a crash and obviously got the penalty and lost potential win there. But he's been exceptional this year. Oh, absolutely. I yeah, think, when when I, it's
2: me, volatile, that sort of meant, you know, his, his character. Out, 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 out sure, of but,
4: uh, you know, in the cockpit, he's 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 a remarkable, <coughs> remarkable young guy. You know, he's a, for how young he is, how... Uh, you know, I I often have the the team radios channels set up and and you know listen through, and I've got Lewis, Max, Leclerc, and and Vettel, and the tone between the difference between them, you wouldn't imagine that Max is is he's the calmest out of the lot. He's just yeah, you know, he knows what he wants. He knows what he wants from the car. He knows what, he, what information he wants from the engineer. He doesn't mess around and use five sentences when he can use one, or five words when he uses one. Um, and he just has a very methodical way. His mind is, is so mature beyond his actual age. It's yeah. remarkable. And um, I, I, I hope they hit the ground running, because that's been the problem in recent years, is they haven't arrived in Melbourne with a car that's there. It's taken half a season for them to get, get on top of it. If they rock up in Melbourne, with a car competitive enough, he he will be a championship contender because he's mentally ready for it.
2: So <clears throat> hypothetical situation: you two go to the pub to decide you're going to set up a Formula One team next year, Hill Chandog Racing or vice versa. Lead driver: Charles Leclerc or Max Verstappen?
3: Oh. Max. Oh. Max. Yeah, that's I'd, I'd probably I'd probably go with what Karen just said there because um, as he as he just described, the guy's so mature. I mean, it's 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 incredible to believe. He's only what 21, twenty one now. Twenty
2: two. Oh, twenty two. Yeah. Not
3: very really old. I mean, I mean, it's a baby. I mean, yeah. But he's not a baby. That's the point. He's actually. You only have to you know, talk to him and, and see him go about his business. He's he's um, logical. He's matter of fact. He's he doesn't get involved in a lot of uh, you know politics too much, does he? He just. He's, he's a very, very impressive individual. And he was like that the moment. Even when he was 17, it was, just seemed incredible that this guy was so mature. Um, so the speed he's got, the maturity he's got, the aggressiveness, um, and yeah, he's, he's one or two drops, dropouts. But really, for, for his age, uh, I think he's a little bit ahead of Charles. Charles has made one or two um, errors. He admits to his own mistakes, which is perhaps a little bit, um, a little bit too hasty sometimes. Um, but that's a good sign at least he's not he's not trying to hide from from things um, And I think he's got a he, he's got a good character too, Charles You know he's he, but he's still got a lot to learn on the I think about Formula 1 and, and the, the the racing side of things and the tactic
4: yeah. he, he's still he's more um, Emotional I think as a character you listen to him on the radio and you see his body language and stuff. there's, there's lots of ups and downs as Max is you know, it's a bit <laughs> Plateau in that respect. And we saw, you know, mistakes in Paku from Charles. We saw a mistake in Monaco, Melbourne in the race. He was off a few times. Um, you know, there have been instances in the races where there the certain stints where you see moments, you know, the odd lock up and the odd runoff into the runoff area and stuff, whereas you see Max in that sort of Schumacher-esque way and alonso were well, way just rattling out lap after lap. Um, yeah. I, I think that's...
2: Do you, I mean, do you think that uh, when, when you hear Max on the radio, and you hear far more of it than I do, mm. uh, I mean, he's very, as you say, he, he knows what he wants, he's very authoritative, whereas Charles sometimes, in conversation on the radio, seems a little bit, uh, you know, there's a little bit... He doesn't have the same air of authority, decisiveness, yet. Yeah, I
4: think that's what i think saying. That's what I'm saying. It's emotional maturity in yeah. some way, and I think that's where Max is actually the most impressive part. You know, the driving bit, they, they're all exceptional. They're all fantastic talents. But I think the difference between them is, as we've talked about already, is just Max's matu- emotional maturity just takes him to a different level.
2: <coughs> Looking at the slightly bigger Red Bull picture, mm. I mean, they've got uh, next year they've got Max Verstappen alongside a driver they sacked, then rehired, then promoted to replace a driver who'd been promoted but then got sacked, no, relegated. And the other guy, Notoria Ross, has been sacked twice and then reinstated, um, I think. They, yes. They, they've got, I mean, there was a time when they had a talent pool yeah. just south of Formula 1, which they'd have six, seven drivers who were potentially just about ready to plug into a Toro Rosso.
4: Yeah, no, I, I mean, when I was at Red Bull Junior on GP2, it was Bohemi and myself and Michael Ammermüller in GP2, yeah. but they also had Jev, Danny Ricciardo, Jaime Algasari in Formula 3. Um, they had Robert Wickens, um, and Mikhail Alessian and F2, you know, they, they had seven, eight of us all there, just sort of on the periphery, really. Um, and I think some of the effect came when they had a point where they thought, hang on, why are we investing all this money in all these junior categories? Because it was millions, mm. you know, GP2 budget, Formula 3 budget and stuff. And when they had, you know, they had Seb, Daniel, Carlos Sainz Jr., um, and they had Kefiat at the time, you know, they, and they were all doing a, a reasonable job, and they had quite a young, and then they had Max, so they had this, this sort of talent pool already in F1 of young drivers, and it's almost like they, they didn't think that Seb would leave and go to Ferrari. They didn't think Daniel would leave and go to Renault, and all of a sudden, um, there are these big holes, and the one that I, I can't understand is why they didn't take Carlos back, because I I believe there was a window of, of opportunity where, um, you know, he was at Renault for a year, and before he went to McLaren, there was a small window where, where he could have gone back to the main Red Bull team, not to Toro, so they they would have had to guarantee him a, a seat at the top team. And, and they didn't take it, and they signed Gasly. And to me, that, that, that decision there is, if you look at what Carlos has done mm. this year, to me, he's my third, you know, he's, he's the third best driver if I did a ranking this season. I'd have Carlos at number three. I think he's done an exceptional job this season.
3: Yeah, I mean, one of the big problems we've got is people's careers now in Formula One have go on for 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a good good thing
2: in some ways because it it, it measures, Uh, it's it's a measure of
3: safety. It's a measure of safety. safety. (laughs) I mean, I do remember Bernie coming out with one of his classics uh, a few years ago. Um, and, and because people were talking about why people were in Formula One for so long, and he said that well, the problem is that they're not getting killed, killed enough. Yeah. You know. um, and in his own inimitable way, uh, there's such a lot of heart and feeling in there. Uh, but, um, he, he, you know, he's a very much misunderstood person. We do understand what he was saying. It's just the way he said it was a bit <laughs> yeah. brutal. But th- that is a fact, Maybe you nine know. Year old man. I, well, yeah. No, but this was when he was a bit younger as well. So, but 79. You know, it was only seventy, yeah. Um, but the point is that you know people. There was a few a, 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 a throughput, shall we put it in in motor racing not so long ago, and and even a long career would be fifteen career, fifteen seasons. And now you have got Kimmy there, who's. What is he? he must be there for his 19th 2002 season.
2: was his first, what? 2001, wasn't it? 2001,
3: yeah, 2001. Yeah, yeah. So we're up I mean, to his he rallying right? for a little while. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah he disappeared a for few, a bit, yeah. came back. Um, and, um, but Lewis is the second is, oldest driver. Yeah. And so this, yeah. the careers are, careers are going on for a long time. How do you get throughput? And I think Red Bull, uh, to, to be honest, we have to thank Red Bull for bringing up Lots of talent, and of course, bring, finding Max Verstappen as well. And, 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 and Vettel. And, yeah, yeah, and Seb. Danny and all those. Yeah, and, and some great drivers. Danny Rick, exactly. So, Carlos. And so, Red Bull are one of the few teams. Going back to a little bit of what what we you're saying, comparing the, uh, a racing team to Ferrari. I think Red Bull are a racing team. Um, mm-hmm. I often describe Williams as an engineering team that went mm-hmm. racing. And, and I think Ferrari a little bit like that. But Red Bull are a race team. And they've they've done this thing, they've gone out and they've found the very best talent. They've got a guy to do that, they've got Helmut Marco, and he's gone out and he's found the most talented guys, and he's given them the most you know, incredible opportunity of a lifetime by saying, we can take you all the way to F1. All you have to do is win everything. Yeah. All right? <laughs> you know, that's simple, right? So no pressure, but if you don't win, forget it, you're off. And and actually, you know, what racing drive worth their salt wouldn't grab that with both hands and, and give it everything they've got. And it's produced these very, very talented drivers, but they ha- they can't put them all in the same team. But but I think to They've your point, two teams.
4: You know, to to your point, have has Marco dropped the ball with that, and have Red Bull dropped the ball in terms of that feeding the the system? I guess is mm-hmm. sort of where you're going with with the drivers have ended up with. And you could argue that yes, they did because they didn't sign Leclerc when he was coming along. They didn't sign Lando when he was coming along, or George Russell, or. Or you know, other teams but, and right other people got there they, first. They've got enough, they, they can But they don't, they though. They're, and I think that's
2: they've got I, loads not, of kids at karting level and Formula Renault level. But, yeah, there's, right. but there's nothing. But you know, in in between they, them.
4: this year had two drivers alongside Max. Yeah. Who neither win. of whose average was less than four tenths away from him. Mm. That's, I mean, a four tenths delta to your teammate is yeah. is massive, really. Yeah. Um, and, and I think therefore that that. That leaves that gap. You know, if they had an Ocon or a Leclerc or a Lando or a George, would that gap have been closer? Don't aren't know. They, we they, don't know. Are
3: they in any different situation to Mercedes though? I mean, they're they're putting a lot of emphasis or putting a lot of eggs in one basket in terms of drivers, aren't they? So Lewis is key to to Mercedes, and also Max is key to. It is a bit different.
4: I think it's a little bit different because Valtteri still finished second in the world championship. His average qualifying gap to Lewis was only. Point. I think Anton and I looked at it was point one two or something like that. You know, it's less yeah, they, than a tenth and a and half. A space, so yeah. they got somebody mm, there mm. who's when Lewis falters. Okay, Vatry mm. really had certain days as you mentioned before where he was fourth, fifth, and sixth. But for the most part across the year, if Lewis decided halfway through the year that he was off to be a rap artist, mm. he would have still probably won <laughs> the world championship with <laughs> Vatry. Um, and I think Red Bull haven't got that, mm. and that, that's that's the difference. And yeah, it is. I mean. I think Alex deserves another chance. He, you know, missed half the season, didn't do any of the testing. He's got. He deserves another opportunity to to close that gap. You know, they replaced Gasly for him. Um, Gasly, in some ways, the perception is it's funny, isn't it? The perception in this game because when you look at the average qualifying gap between Gasly and Max, and then Albon and Max, Albon's actually further away, only by two hundreds, but he's further away. Yet. These because
3: the performances have been better.
4: The ra- because in the yeah. races he's been able to come through, but also I think some of it is because Gasly went through the first seven races where the Red Bull wasn't as good, mm. you yes. know, and, and therefore he would qualify sometimes surrounded by the midfield because the car wasn't as good as it was later in the year. He couldn't get through the midfield pack, so by the time he eventually sometimes got through, the leaders are gone. They're forty-five seconds up the road, and then they start. They, he gets lapped. I mean. The race in in Hungary was probably his lowest point. You know, he was over a minute behind Max who nearly won the race. And I think they were right to promote Albon at that point. But what Gasly then did in the Tor Rosso shows that he's not a bad racing driver. You know, he did a, a very good job in the Tor Rosso. So it's a perception game as much as anything else, isn't it?
3: And what I've heard is that I think the Red Bull is actually a trickier car to drive, though. It is, yeah. Than the, the Toro Rosso. So um, there's, a, there's a little bit of uh, an art to finding the, the sweet spot with that car.
4: It's a bit like the Ducatis in MotoGP, wasn't it? All those years where Casey Stoner was the only one who seemed to be able to win anything and everything on it. I mean, he and could then probably, nobody he, had to close. Managed. I'd be, yeah.
2: I'd be able to do it. I'd be
3: able I just never, I, I, I'm afraid I've just moved on be to better things by the way. No, I, I love bike racing. I mean, it is incredible when you look at what, I know we're here to talk about cars, but Mark Marquez in, in what he's doing on motorbikes is just mind blowing. And, and I think it does raise a question for us. But We know we've got these regulation changes coming in and they've done a lot of work on trying to get the race in closer. We'll, we'll see, I, I'm, I'm optimistic for that. But what I think that we're missing is, the, is, is what you can see um, of the driving art from the outside a little bit, you know I, we you know, we obviously see it in the wet. Um, in qualifying, you get the fantastic close-ups and, the, and the, uh, you can see where the drivers are actually doing stuff. But you, you you only have to look at a couple of laps of MotoGP and you see them doing the most extraordinary things on these bikes.
2: Well, um, yeah. I mean, the, I mean the other thing is, I mean, a, a MotoGP bike around Silverstone is about like, 28, 30 seconds slower than the Formula One car, yeah. but which looks more spectacular.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's, 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 but it's the racing, as Damon mentioned, you know, the fact that they you know, although Marquez utterly dominated the season and, you know, won it with, with, with time to spare, but the, they're able to go wheel to wheel and the elbows out and, you know, he's, shoulders out. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're never going to get that in car racing. We should, you know, we should also manage our expectations. But what we have now is, is ridiculous. You know, I think the. You didn't
2: watch Damon in the Formula Ford Festival.
4: No, no I didn't. Was, was I was born. I, what year was that? <laughs> oh, I can't remember. I can't remember. When were you born?
2: 84, 85.
4: <laughs> I was but, born in 84,
2: yeah, so. Uh,
3: but no, no, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had nothing to do with that. Um, but, um, you know, when you look at talking about the, the, the visual, how it appears, um, when you look at Goodwood, I think a lot of people here will, will understand this. You know, when you look at the cars going around Goodwood, like these, these Jaguars or whatever, um, they're sliding around, and it looks fantastic to, to see someone controlling a car. The lap time is, is dreadful, you know, but the racing is fantastically close. And I think that we went down this road with Aero. Um, we're stuck with it. If you look at cars, so F1 cars now, you turn on the TV and you see the camera angles are very good now. They've got, they, the speed looks amazing. If you go to Silverstone, you look at them going through the Beckett section, it is phenomenal to see how fast they go. But after a while, you get used to it. After a while, you're going to go, that's how fast they go. And uh, they g- go around Melbourne, um, 10 seconds lap fast. The Pole position was 10 seconds. That's one of the tracks that hasn't changed on the calendar. Um, <clears throat> and they go around there 10 seconds lap faster than my pole position, or oh, in 96. So- Vila
2: was on pole in 96, wasn't it?
3: All right. <laughs> <laughs> Fair point. Just a point. Yeah. That's <laughs> a fair point. Anyway, the pole position of ninety six. You won the race, but I won the race, it. race. But it doesn't matter. Um, we're not here to talk about me. <laughs> I <was talking> about <laughs> well, about there's, another there's another thing. There's another thing, you know. Um, but yeah, that, so my point is, uh, Formula One cars. People seemed satisfied with Formula One cars then. They seemed fast, and people turned up to watch it. Um, and, and and now they tend to go that faster. But do we get any more of that? Do we, underst- do we the, understand what that
4: means? You're absolutely right. I think what happened in 2017, the, the rule change happening in 2017, was was wrong. And you know, at the time, I believed it was wrong. And you know, sort of three years into these rule changes, I stand by it because someone somewhere got hung up on lap time. Someone got hung up about you know, in 2016, oh, the cars don't look fast enough. Let's make them faster guess what, it makes the racing worse. And, and we all, you know, there's so many people who looked at it at the time and went, this is just wrong. And in some ways, there were too many engineering and engineers leading that decision-making process. And engineers love making fast, you know, I know we're in a building with, Engineering royalty, <laughs> but but it, it, these electrical engineers. Electric. They're electrical engineers, As we learned earlier, we've learned this yeah. Those so mechanical engineers are down the road. Down the so road. we need to we know, <laughs> but it's the aero, it, it's a it's of But it's the aero guys that actually <laughs> made a mess of this one, but um yeah, and I think you know, that's what we needed was entertainment people saying, hang on, actually what we want is is racing to be more entertaining. Well, we've got, we've got Liberty who are entertainment people. Which is now people. coming they along. Are,
3: they're entertainment people, Yeah, they?
4: but yeah. they weren't there when that rule should so happened. So no, hopefully, so 21, as you talked about before, yeah. everything that we heard in Austin makes us cautiously optimistic um, that it's, it's going to be better. Yeah. Princess Yachts,
1: the UK's leading luxury yacht manufacturer, pride sponsors of Motorsports Formula One coverage. When we sat down as a group and, and looked at the brief originally, um, foiling kind of jumped out as, a, as an option. Traditionally, hydrofoils on power boats have just been static and they've, they've, they've helped to increase the efficiency slightly. These not only do that, they're, they're active, so they, they help control the roll and pitch of the boat and make the boat not only more comfortable, but, but safer and easier to drive. We are on the cusp here, I think, of changing the direction of the boat industry. AFS works in conjunction with a reimagined hull concept Low transfer immersion brings higher efficiencies at cruising speeds. Foil lift replaces transom volume, allowing top speeds to still be achieved. Foils automatically deploy and retract flush with the hull. The foils rake fore and aft, varying the angle of attack. Port and starboard foils are controlled independently. Onboard sensors and a dedicated processor calculate the optimum foil position 100 times per second. Foil position is actively controlled, reacting to the boat state, improving comfort, stability and safety with modes selected by the skipper.
2: One of the feel-good stories of the season was McLaren's recovery from sort of more or less the back Mm. of the grid up to fighting in the top six on a reasonably regular basis. It was a McLaren, still a Renault engine. Mm. But they had two new drivers, Science and Norris, what was the what was the sweet spot? What was the what was the ingredient there that made made do you think that you know, made made the recovery possible?
4: ero you know, ultimately, as you said, the power unit rules are they're homologated, they, they haven't changed vastly. Um, they got they went down this sort of rabbit's hole in 2018. I mean there were there were times where Alonso was being outqualified by Sergei Sorokin and Lance Stroll mm. in the Williams, and no disrespect to them, but then you know, Fernando Alonso and that, that convincingly showed that McLaren at times had the slowest car in 2018. So their their turnaround has been has been remarkable. It's yeah. unbelievable. And it shows that turnarounds are possible still yeah. in the sport. But it, it's all about error. And you know, James Key, Andreas Seidel joined the team and they sort of walked into this thing where the car's better. Their effect will only be seen next year. But they're on the up, aren't they? They've got a Mercedes engine contract in the back. They've got a new wind tunnel coming. They've got two brilliant, young, talented drivers. Um, as I said, James Key and Andreas Seidel at the top. Zach now doing what he does best. He doesn't have to manage his team day-to-day because he has got Andreas doing that. So he, he can go out and the sell the sponsorship. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's the sponsor deals coming in. McLaren, McLaren on the whole, is massively on the up. But they, they did, that didn't happen by accident. I mean, Zach went
3: in there. Zach is a very pragmatic person. He doesn't want a long, complicated answer. Yeah. He, won't, he won't give you a long, complicated answer. You know, if he says, and he probably won't. be being it, American. <laughs> so, just, but, you know, that's, that's his way. And I think, and he went into McLaren and I think he got a lot of answers he wasn't satisfied with. And he went, this isn't right. And he's made some changes. So we've got to give him a lot of credit for what has happened at, mm-hmm. uh, at McLaren. He's had the, the balls to do it. And it's not easy when you go into a team with a reputation like, um, like that, but he wasn't uh, cowed by that. He wasn't intimidated by that and he knew what had to be done And he's got Adrian Suttle and James Key and, um, Adrian Andreas Seidel. Sorry, and um, and James Key in there And he's made changes and some people who were there are no longer there It has sometimes it has to happen sometimes a shake-up has to happen and we're, I think we're seeing that the, the the fruits of his uh, of his um, Bravery, you know to, to actually make changes uh, coming to coming to fruition there
2: we just had the five-minute board for this section of the evening. So right, okay. um, of course, couple, couple, just a couple more questions before we turn, turn the microphone to the audience. And um, we've already established that the new hill Chandock Formula 1 team in 2021... We've Mick Ma- Max. Yeah, we've you've got Max. Max, is we've Max. Got Max. We've
4: you've got Max. Are you paying his wages?
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> Choices for the second driver, Lando Norris, George Russell, Alexander Alban. Does this have to be
4: one of those three?
2: You're not getting it. Um, the, the, well, I just... Of uh, the three rookies, this the year. I mean, okay. you If you have to choose a rookie, we say... Ju- I'm going to jump
3: on. on Lando, right? I, uh, and I think that I would no disrespect to George because the thing is we just can't measure what he's done in a way. No. But Lando, I the think... The George
2: Russell drove rings around Lando in Formula 2. That George Russells.
3: Well, we... we <laughs> unfortunately, this is about... It's about F1. Yeah, Can yeah, they true. get an F1? And, and, and he's... And when you've got all the pressure and stuff, I think Lando did an absolutely fantastic job for a, for a newcomer to Formula One. Teenage newcomer. Yeah, yeah. absolutely amazing. And um, sensible. You know, he's not, it doesn't show signs of it going to his head. You know, he's, he is himself. He's relaxed with, with interviews. He's, you know, mixes with the guys. I think it's amazing.
4: Yeah. I, I would agree, actually. And they've been teammates already, haven't they? Max and Lando, they play this esports sports championship. Oh, yeah, 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 team, yeah, yeah. Teammates yeah. already.
2: So when, when they're not doing Grand prix. Real it's bizarre because be I, I, I did it this
4: um, I did this thing with them on the Skypad in Brazil, and they both showed up and we stood there we ended up standing there chatting for about half an hour um, as after free practice, I think on the Friday, and we stood there chatting away, and they were going on and on about this eSports race that they, they've got coming up they, they absolutely love it. They get away from race weekend and they're playing you know on this on this. Thing. They're doing 24 hour races at the Spa and all sorts of things. They, they are absolutely addicted. Um, and and we'd yeah. have to
3: stop that though, wouldn't we? Yeah.
4: We can't have them playing <laughs> computer
3: games in their room all the time, can yeah. we? <laughs> so you can see, you can see a down. much more experienced dad than me. You want them down for supper. I
2: mean <laughs> <laughs> did, did you and Martin yeah, Domino not, do <laughs> yeah, so not do that in Formula 3? Sorry, well so did you and Martin Domnley not do that in Formula 3?
3: We didn't have computer games in those days, <laughs> what we did we be Oh, God, I don't think they had, we had that thing that you played table tennis on, you know, that spot, you know, ping pong, whatever
4: it's called. Or table.
2: (laughs) Okay, last one for me, you you mentioned earlier that um, Carlos Sainz would be your third driver. So, one, two, three from both of you.
4: Uh, Lewis, Max, Carlos. Are this, is this a prediction for the season? Or what no, for? no, no, no.
2: This your top three. You've just been watching. The top three of the
3: season. I would say Lewis. Um, I, would say, uh, I would say Max and then Charles. Yeah.
2: OK. Right, ladies and gents, there should be a microphone somewhere.
4: In that corner.
2: Microphone.
4: There it is. OK. okay.
2: Uh, is there any chance we could just have a little bit more light so I can actually see where the hands are up? Is that... Uh, always helps.
3: There, okay. there um, you uh, are. Thank you. Oh, hello. Gosh,
2: right. Um, I we were alone. If you, uh, ra- raise your hands if you have a, a question for right either, either anybody. Start down there.
1: Hi there. Um, I'm a f- I'm a fan of all motorsport, but out of the two,
4: Mark Marquez or Lewis Hamilton, which one's are the more dominant in their sport? Mark mm. Marquez, I think. I mean, he's 26 years old, and he's won nine world championships. The guy is, <laughs> it makes, you know, it makes everyone just feel like they're a massive underachiever in life, don't you? It's depressing. <laughs> OK,
2: gentlemen gentleman in a Hawaiian shirt, just there.
1: Hi, do you think um, Max Verstappen sort of shot himself in the foot a bit, being uh, critical of Ferrari with b- b- the potential drive for the future with Ferrari? with with the accusation of cheating?
3: I, I think in my experience in our sport, that people have, when when somebody as talented as Max is available and for I want him, they'll forget all of that. And uh, yeah, it will be suddenly all sweetness and light. Yeah.
2: Okay, uh, let's go from the left here.
1: We know we can't um, compare eras, but uh... We can't compare eras, but uh, Schumacher and Hamilton are probably close enough together to compare who's the best.
3: Okay. You no, no. Okay. Well. <laughs> you, r- you, r- you raced against him. Go on. <laughs> Obviously,
2: uh, I think you crashed into Michael. You should know, you. you know about him. Mm-hmm. I, I,
3: did crash into, he crashed into me. True. Yes, you did. So, he, yeah. um, I think when you look at Lewis's crashing record, it's quite low, isn't it? I mean, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's so on that basis, you'd have to say yeah, that Lewis is, is right. a better driver. <laughs>
4: yeah, he never
3: crashed.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, gentlemen, just there. a light-coloured jacket, colour kind of behind you.
4: I think that it hasn't been mentioned um, in any way, shape, or form this uh, discussion at the moment. But surely Vettel has massively underperformed this year, and everybody's puzzled why well, he hasn't been dropped yet. Because, and then of course the the idea is who would replace him, and would it be Verstappen's in Verstappen's interest to join Ferrari? I think they. The slight problem Ferrari still have got is Leclerc's not yet experienced enough to be the team's number one. And I think in some respect, they do still need Seb there from a from a technical perspective to lead that team's direction. And, and if you look at the way the car got better through the year, a lot of that came because of, of Sebastian. Um, you know, Charles benefited from it. But we saw a lot of mistakes still from Charles. We saw in qualifying, you know, errors on the first run, which meant he had to have another go and use another set. You know, all those sort of things, which will come good. You know, he's got talent, and you'd like to think that he lined that up with maturity and experience. I don't think they could afford to still get rid of Seb and and put the, the, you know, Charlene as the number one, unless Max or Lewis came available. I think, you know, it's all well and good to say, oh, Seb's made all of these mistakes in the races, which he has, of course, and as you say, he's underperformed. But who do you replace him with? Um, and when you look at the market, you can say possibly science, as you know, if you got Lewis, Max. You could argue a case for science, but then he'd be a new person. And science and Leclerc is quite an inexper- inexperienced lineup to lead a high-pressure team like Ferrari. Um, you know, I think next year when Sebastian's contract runs up um, and Lewis, you know, is sniffing around elsewhere. Ferrari's certainly interested in him for 21. I think end of next year is going to be fun because you got 21 new car regs, new technical regs, whole reset in F1. But the driver market is completely up in the air as well. So I think I think there's a next year is a little bit of a transitional year in some yeah. way.
3: I think your point. Your point is that Seb has has had, for someone who's won four world championships, he's had some pretty serious dropouts. Um, he's obviously very capable and still a bit, but I, w- I think uh, the, the encouraging quote I saw from him uh, after Abu Dhabi was that he knows he has to go and improve. And, and I think that's the first time I've heard him say something like that. I think normally he's, he's tended to bat away any criticism and regard himself as always in the right when, when he's done some very odd things, uh, where clearly he, he had some part to to, to account for it. Um, but I think that's, that's what has to happen with Seb. He has to sit down, he has to go, OK, listen, something's not right. If I've been leading a race and I've dropped the ball, that should not happen. If I am a 4 time world champion, can I accept that this is, uh, this is part of my, my package? And why, why do I suddenly lose my temper in a car? Um, because that's what happened. He cracked in Canada. You know, he's, It's not the first time that's happened. And, um, and he, he has to look at why that why he has those those mental weak spots because they they are real and they're damaging to his career and his potential um so if he can fix that then he could he could have a long and very um prosperous career from here on, onwards he's still quite young
2: so neither of you would put kimmy back in why me uh, yeah mm. yeah <laughs> um, uh, uh, we'll start down here on the, and then next okay
1: Okay, we, uh, we mentioned McLaren coming good. What do you think about Hondas compared with a few years ago? And then a follow-up to that, what do you think may have happened to Honda and McLaren able to keep their relationship going this year?
4: They've got really good electrical engineers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we had a chat before. a sandwich later on. Thank
2: yeah.
3: So the question is, as I understand it, is, is that Honda... Um, what do we think of Honda's potential? Well, that's Can, just, well, really yeah. yeah, they. Mm. Have, I think they have. I think that. I think they. They didn't like the environment, um, uh, and in in Japan, it's not the done thing to to be openly critical uh, and humiliating companies with a reputation like Honda. Um, so that put them under. A uh, very difficult pressure when they were with McLaren. I think it was a battle of two reputations in a way. McLaren didn't want to be saddled with the, the, um, the accusation that their car wasn't up to it and Honda uh, didn't feel comfortable with this pressure. And unbelievably, actually, in some ways, Red Bull have allowed them the space to not put the pressure on them and said, OK, listen, you do what you do and we will work around that. And and that combination has worked and delivered the results. And I think if you just let Honda get on with it, they will produce. They're a fantastic company. They're a racing company. They started out with racing, and they believe in themselves and they believe in their method, and they'll they'll get there.
4: They have committed five hundred million to the program or something. So (laughs) yeah, five hundred million. Yeah, but they
3: don't they don't have five hundred million if they were a rubbish company.
4: Yeah. Yeah. So that's that. Yeah. Now I think um, they have made the progress. I'm not sure they're fully there yet. Um, yes, Red Bull didn't have any Honda-related reliability issues on the Sundays in the races, but we've got to keep in mind that it's really four, it's a four-car team split into the A and the B team, and the Toros went through seven power units each and took a lot of penalties, so there's an element of them doing a bit of experimenting and R&D for the for the big team. So. You have to factor that into the, to the picture, but you're absolutely right. They made really good progress and, you know, along long I, may I it continue.
3: Just want to say, it went in the turbo era. I can remember you could tell when Honda were, were big, bringing a big push in because the engines would blow up. It was fantastic. They'd be, you know, they just put another engine in and they'd go out and this great big ball of fire would come out the back of the car. And, and you just knew they were pushing, you know, they were pushing everything. It was good.
2: Sorry, thanks, Conor. Can you give me some idea of what happened with Paddy Lowe at Williams this year? I mean, the fact they're three and three and a half seconds adrift or whatever it is, and all of a sudden Paddy Lowe was fired two days before the start of the season, apparently not knowing which way was up.
3: Now, inside, inside man at Williams, Karoon, is going to answer that question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it,
4: uh, I don't know, really. <laughs> yes, I mean, are you, are you asking where he is now, or where? No, it's, just, what, what wrong? It, it's fundamentally an aero issue, really. Um, you know, Patty's not an aerodynamicist, uh, and I think ultimately the team on the whole have, have lost their way. It, you know, we are very much in an aero era of Formula One, and the 2017 car was not bad. You know, I, I drove it and. You know it, it and I remember driving at the time thinking actually you know it's it's a balanced car, and it was a car that could get into q three you know Massa could rack up points, stroll, got a podium in Baku you know it was a decent car and then whatever happened in the design of the eighteen and then subsequently the nineteen car, they've just lost their way um, technically, and I think they've lost a lot of people, good people there in the last two years, really you've lost Dirk topeer. Paddy Lowe, as you mentioned, Rob Smedley's gone. Um, and they haven't really replaced, replaced them. Uh, and I think for, 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 the, for the long-term success of that team, they kind of need to do what McLaren have done in many ways and just go, right, hang on, whatever we were doing is not working. We need a change, Re- of, cha- change of mentality, a reset, change of design philosophy, change of concept. Uh, and, and then they can make progress because they still got the Mercedes power unit. You know that's a massive plus point. So clearly that's not the issue in the competitiveness. It's an aero issue, and they need to they need to get that sorted. Whether that's it's not one person though. It's a complete department needs a, a reset and a a change in the thought process and philosophy. Lloyd
2: yeah, Lord Young Friends <laughs> uh,
4: Motorsport, I think, where there was uh, Claire Williams was being interviewed with another guy, Mike, somebody there? Michael Riscoll, the CEO. they were talking about what was going on. And they said, well,
3: that was all down to these people. And nobody seemed to know who was actually leading the design or anything else like that. It was, oh, it has to work. Whose problem is that? Yeah. I think that, Karen, that. Karen just, Karen just <laughs> uh, uh, alluded to it. I think that they're they're a little bit lost, and I think that uh, Claire needs to to find someone that can can organise the technical team and, and, and yeah. but getting someone to go to Williams because it's an enormous job, and have they got the money, that's that's now another problem. Yeah.
2: Gentlemen don't have the right. Yeah, not a, not a
1: technical question. What, what's Kimmy really like? <laughs>
3: I, I've, I've met Kimi very briefly for dinner. He didn't say much. <laughs>
2: um,
3: once uh, he, yes. whizzes, he whizzes around. He goes in and out. the He hardly says anything to
4: anyone, does he? I, I, I've had one conversation with him in 20 years. Was it a conversation, though? Well, he came up. It was bizarre, really, because we were in a, in a bar in Tokyo after the race. and. It was at some ridiculous time in the morning. And he'd obviously had a lot of clear liquid. Orange juice. <laughs> yeah. Orange juice. Um, but he just came up to me and went, I want a curry. Take me somewhere. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh,
4: and, I, and I just stood there and went, I haven't spoken to you in a decade. Yeah, but sir, sir. Uh, sure, we could go to dinner. That'll be fun. And then when I said I didn't know where a curry restaurant was in Tokyo, he got me in a headlock wrestled <laughs> me to the ground and then just walked off. <laughs> so, I've had one conversation with the man. Uh, no, he's, he's priceless, isn't I, mean, I mean, it's, yeah. I had
2: to do a piece with Renault when he was there and I was begging them to let me interview Grosjean and they said, no, no, you're going to talk to Kimmy. I, I want not but there was just two of us talking to him and he chatted for half an hour and I'd never known him like that, and he was just completely... But he did this podcast you know, with you know,
4: Tom Clarkson on the, on the yes. F1 podcast and it, that's it. Um, it's, it's actually he's actually quite chatty, remarkably. Yeah, that, I mean, that and was apparently his amazed, i His book is believe. quite, his book is quite, um, quite good. Why is it? Yeah, I don't know. It's a I Somebody yeah. else said to me, there's some good stories in there. That's
3: not the po- the one with the haiku poems in is it. No, That's brilliant. No, no, that yeah. is funny. Um, but um, I actually just remembered I did interview him for Sky about that. Must have been about five or six years ago now. But um, he was, yeah, he's, he's a lovely guy. He seems a nice guy, doesn't he? he seems. You know, he's. I, said, I had
4: one conversation with him. Yeah. Uh,
3: <laughs> he put me in a headlock. Yeah, that's it. He's it. nice, like I said. He's a nice guy. Okay, okay.
2: Let's go to the back. There's a hand just up there near you, Connor.
0: I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll presents the Anime Effect. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
3: Thanks for that, Simon. Um, Read in the papers today that Mr. Stroll Sr. wants to take a a stake in Aston Martin. Uh, Lance Stroll for Red Bull in twenty one.
4: Yeah. No, well, no but, hang on, but yeah. Is, was I read the story on Reuters? Actually, was it not that they would be sponsoring Racing Point? Is at least the story that I read in that I that bit that, that I, I think the story I read was he would he was, uh, and again it's all obviously speculative at the time, but it sounds like he was looking to buy the road car company and have them support his Formula One team. So if anything, it involved. Aston Martin switching from Red Bull to Racing Point. That's the way I I, I only read the, the story on the um, on the sort of Reuters website.
3: Wake up! The auto
2: car story said that he was going to. I mean, he was looking to buy a stake in the the road, uh, the, car, the company. The road car company. Yes. The share price for the first time ever then went up. Yeah, and, um, and the and he should then, have kept
3: his mouth shut. <laughs>
2: And then, and sure. then, then rebrand Racing Point as Aston Martin, which then, what happens with? Oh, who knows? But, but yeah, Aston Martin
3: is. Over. I mean, it's it's. Aston Martin is a sports car brand, isn't it?
2: They did do a did Formula sp- One car in nineteen fifty
3: nine. I, I knew you'd know <laughs> that. I mean, yeah. Did they really? Yeah. How'd uh, it go?
2: DBR four. Was it good? DBR. Okay.
3: Mm. Is it good? No.
2: No. Because no. <laughs> well, it was front engine at the time. Kay. All the engines were going in the back, so it was wrong. Okay.
3: But it must be great to wake up one morning and goes, oh, you know, I think I'll go and I'll buy. By Aston I'll Martin. buy Aston Martin. I'm a bit bored, <laughs> you know. Go and get Aston. Yeah. We just like, think about buying a car, and he goes and buys the company. Yeah.
2: And in my case, spending about two grand on a car. That's, that's <laughs> it. Okay, there's a yeah, cream coloured shirt just near you, Laura. There. Thank that's you.
4: it. Um, Nico Hulkenberg, is that a career well spent, or could he have spent that better at a potentially bigger team?
3: I think I think I mean we saw we saw some flashes of of his ability um, and I've always thought he was just such a laid back guy. There wasn't enough there wasn't enough fire there. There wasn't enough anxiety. And um, he seemed to miss know.
4: the boat every time there was low hanging fruit. You know, there was. You always saw when there was an opportunity of um you know of this sort of odd podium where a non top three team could get it. It would be Perez or. Signs so you know got in Brazil, or there 'd always be somebody stroll in Baku, or there 'd be somebody else but Nico Hülkenberg because on that day, you know in Brazil, two thousand and twelve he crashed into Lewis in Baku, when Perez got the podium, he hit the, he hit the inside wall or something you know there it was always that race where there was something weird would happen he'd be the one in that mess rather than the one getting the podium
3: he, he was unfortunate because at the time when the, all the drivers were forced to lose a lot of weight his Hulk literally mm. his bulk uh, was was a technical massive disadvantage so yeah. I know for a fact he didn't get drives that some top teams looked at him and just thought we can't put him in because it's going to be too much of a deficit um, just simply because of his size which is a real shame um, but they, they since then increased the 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 allowance for the driver but but um, uh, I, I, I do think that you know, maybe he's just too nice a guy. And I think you need to have a nasty streak. Just look at me, for example. You know I mean?
2: I, was, I was about you to, do. I was about to be nice to you. But
4: I think I think he should have ended up at Haas, though. I think it would have been good for Haas, because he's experienced. He is, he is still very quick. To replace? He, to replace Grosjean.
2: But then, then you then, know, then I right think now around, didn't you? That, That'll upset Damon.
4: I'm not saying anything we're not going there again oh, no. <laughs> okay.
2: you started last time I did Yeah. But I he just, she's the very nice. The, thing, nice the thing, thing that mystifies me about Hulkenberg though is that um, and I accept the weight thing completely but he was a champion in Formula BMW when his weight kind of helped he was a champion in A1 GP no, weight no difference champion in Formula 3 a rookie champion in GP2 I mean everything about his career
3: yeah
2: it yeah. So implies special talent I don't and, I, I think he probably
3: could have done with a better yeah, manager Yes. Actually, to be honest, I think he needed someone to say, you know, this guy's look at his, like, you could have been his manager. If you've gone in, and you've, it's a bit late. It's all too late. It's a shame, isn't it? Mm. But he needed someone, there were certain times, it's Frenson was like that.
2: Yes, yeah.
3: Frenson was unbelievably quick. I mean, he went up and down a little bit, but he was just, he was the way he was. He had a good
4: manager, he nicked your drive. (laughs) No, but I
3: I said to him once, I said, why are you going for, I remember talking to him, and it was like there was a McLaren drive up for offer, and he was winning everything in the Jordan. And um, I said, are you going to go for this drive? And he said, oh, do you think I should? And i went, like, <laughs> are you bloody mad? You know, <laughs> you know they, it, some drivers just don't, they haven't worked out that you need a strategy to get through Formula 1 and, st- and stay in Formula 1.
2: OK, it's a um, gentleman down here. Thanks.
0: Just wondering what you thought about uh, the reintroduction of refueling, maybe.
3: Maybe what do you think about the introduction of refuelling? Should we do a? Well, we won't bother with the hands up then. <laughs> right, okay. Why? Why not? Because if you talk to a lot of people, they they think it'd be really exciting. Why would you do it? But, why would well, you? Well, I know it? why we wouldn't do it. But I mean, a lot of people seem to like the drama of the pit stop or something. What, you know, the fire. times? Came came the the yeah. Well,
4: there were three big fires in yeah. fifteen years. Would have. No, I, it, I don't get it. Is that, uh, think,
3: that, that, that's that you know the fastest lap stat against. So you you got Lewis and and um, and uh, and uh, Michael and Michael's got all these fastest laps. And as as I explained to someone, that's because in those days we yeah. had refueling and everything was run flat out. So you know you got a lot of flat out. Yeah, but the race is dull. Got, well, I agree. Oh, you don't have to tell me. I know. I was there. <laughs> I was there. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, sure. have to go flat out all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and we went exactly the same speed as we did in qualifying. The car was there. Like, ar, and you didn't catch them up because they were going flat out. So, <laughs> was, no.
2: The yeah. top left hand corner there, Connor, thanks. Hello. Uh, my question is uh, with you both an experienced
1: cars from various eras, um, how much of a leap do you expect the 2021 cars to be? not necessarily with regards to lap time.
4: Well, I think the lap time difference they're talking about is negligible, frankly. You know, what they're talking about today is three seconds, which they'll catch up. In a year of development in the wind tunnel, the teams will catch that, no problem. Um, whether, even if it's slightly behind, I don't think it really matters. But what we want is them to be able to race um, wheel to And drivers will adapt, you know. It, Era has changed technology comes and goes, traction control and active suspension and all this came and went and you know the best drivers are still winning, and the best cars are, the best teams are still there or thereabouts. You'd have some sort of a shake up you know when active got banned, Bennett and Sudley in ninety four came to the front um, you know but Williams was still there or thereabouts, and McLaren and Ferrari were still the next next two down so I think, ultimately, eras, change, technology, that's always the nature of F1. What we really... I think 21 is really important for the future of F1 because if you look at what's happening in the road car world, you know, the sport is at a, at a crossroads. Um, you know, they, they've got to get this next set of regulations right, otherwise F1, with in the, the long term, it, it yeah. you know, it is really important. Because with, with the... Um, also, with the, the, the environmental... Uh, uh,
3: you know the the rise of concern over the global warming and, and the environment. I mean, Formula One has, has already put in place measures or announced it's going to go carbon neutral. But I mean, people will be looking at the sport and going, uh, "Why are we doing this? You know, are we are we promoting um, you know, profligacy with with carbon, with uh, fuels? They're looking to to use um, uh, more renewable fuels as well. So that could be a technical avenue that we could go down. But of course. Um, you know, the Formula E will will, will contest the, their credentials against Formula One, so there's going to be a bit of
4: debate that. So despite the, all, the fact that they use generators to charge the cars. Yeah, and go the world. but you know, in people's minds, Funny you know, we,
3: we do we we've got we've got to work out whether or not we're there just for purely for entertainment, or whether whether we're there to prove a point or or show off our technical um, abilities in, in in solving the world's problems as well.
4: Well, I think ultimately. F1 needs. That's what I was saying. F1s at a crossroads, um, where my personal belief is it needs to perhaps accept the road relevance is, is less significant. Maybe Formula E, with the the powertrain development, every manufacturer believes you know electric is the immediate next future step we're all heading towards. So they use Formula E to be that development tool. That's fine. But then Formula One remains the pinnacle of our sport in terms of being the fastest, loudest, sexiest cars on the best tracks with the best drivers and our entertainment. Mm-hmm. Because there is, it's sporting entertainment in the way that football or cricket or basketball, you know, none of these other things have anything to do with relevance in your real life. There's sporting entertainment for you to watch and be entertained by. Um, and I think where, where this, where my, my train of thought slowly falls apart. Is obviously the capital required for motorsport is different to football or, or basketball. But ultimately, I think uh, I think F one is at that it, it's on the precipice here of being what does it want to be? It's you know it needs to work out its identity really.
2: Ladies and gents, I've had the checkered flag sign. I'm afraid from the back of the auditorium. So um, the, there is one one more job we have to do. Thank you both. First off, for very entertaining and keeping me entertained anyway. But be- before we go, um, raffle prize, you take one.
3: OK. Can I just say thank you very much to the audience as well? Yes. And to you, Simon. Thank, thank, you. You,
2: thank you. Thank you very much. And to Carol. This is first prize. First prize and what do they win? They win a bag of goodies, including a very nice print of Nicky Lauder in 1982. All
3: right, so if, you're, if you've got a white ticket, and it's number 99, well done. Congratulations. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, yep, yeah, OK. And uh, second, second prize, Karin. Uh, Number 53. So, white 53. There we go. There we go. I'll do the last one, which is uh, White 77, which I think is Valtteri Bottas, isn't it? <laughs> 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 and any winners? Yep. But if, um, if, uh, if the three of you could present yourselves with your tickets to Laura at the registration desk, she will sort you out with your goodies. Um, Damon's already touched upon it, but I mean, thank you all of you for coming tonight. I hope they've entertained you. Um, Thanks to Classicus Sports Finance for the support. Thanks to Steve for the Nicky Lauda print. Thank you to all of you, and thank you particularly to you too. Thank you very much. Thank you.
1: you. Princess Yachts, the UK's leading luxury yacht manufacturer. Pride sponsors of Motorsports Formula One coverage.